Thanks. How long can you go? Death row? What a brother do work to get back with the incredible. The wild animal, the unfallible dude, probably gonna be there before 5063. And I got now. Can I tell him that I really never had a gun? It was just the last of the Terminator Expert. Welcome to Fright Night. Give your podcast back, Daddy Experience. We're gonna wrap up knowing. Uh, yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> the topsy turvy weather and energy in this universe has got my brain quasi functioning. So, just gonna go into some stuff. Some stuff. So, some stuff that I probably glossed over because it wasn't insanely important, but it's kind of relevant to the overarching story is the position of Haruka's father, Mayuzumi. If I mispronounce that, forgive me. It is human to earth. So, you have the officer and the scientist and Haruka's dad and they're all connected to this thing called the Magils uh, the Magic Circle Project and basically the Magic Circle Project will create razor particles manipulating the dimensions and ultimately causing dissolution of all reality isn't that crazy Anyway, so, there's a guy called Shinohara, who has a big company called Abcom, I believe, and he's the one funding everything, and he's an asshole. Then there's a guy who's still stuck in Shangri-La, one of the very last ones besides the future eye, and his name is Queena, and Queena is also an asshole. Because pretty much he was working in conjunction with Noen to get Haruka to Lacrima so that Noen could take her to Shangri-La. And he was sad because he couldn't get I to stay with him. I basically goes back to what we would call our present and initially she attempts to kill Karasu, which I think I mentioned in the last one that Karasu is resurrected when they bring him to a Reizu point, which is an area with high concentrations of Reizu, and then she decides to stay, and blah blah, suchy such, whatever. Anyway. Queena gets the council to do a reversal on Haruka, so she inadvertently is brought back to Lakuma. Well, not inadvertently. I forgot to add that. Yu tries to grab her, and he's inadvertently brought back. She was definitively brought back. And when he's brought back, he ends up in what I call a Schrodinger's cat state. 
So pretty much when he's in Lacrima, he is neither alive or dead. And we find this out when apparently, and this is really weird, there's another future eye. And she is also in Lacrima. And she tells Haruka not to observe you in that state because the observation of him in what she would perceive as a dead state would actually make his death real. So his actual living self is in Shangri-La. Now somehow Katasu gets Toby via Atori's urgings which is creepy because Atori is at this point regained most of his awareness of himself meaning his negative nasty personality and he's only actually swayed because of Miho who he's apparently taken in a, in a way as like his little sister so you know when she's like stop being mean I won't ever talk to you he's looking at her and you know initially he has a I don't care laissez-faire look upon his face and then suddenly he seems to connect and you can tell that there is a connection there. So he relents. But he does instigate heavily that he can't really assist him. Toby needs to get the job done. So Toby gets the job done, sends Karasu back to Lakuma. But unfortunately, you will die if Haruka doesn't go to. Shangri-La with no one. So, kind of how that works out. And, yeah. But that's where things get really fun. But anyway, it's weird because some of the explanations get weird. Like, Lacrima doesn't really have any observers. It is perpetuated by giant computer using Raizu energy so it doesn't have the same level of solidity in regards to its existence and our dimension now living you is in Shangri-La and Shangri-La is supposed to be a world where all beings are formless where only consciousness without form exists and wow that's a lot to take in let's just let's just absorb that like brawny paper towels or liquid occasionally take that in so I might have mentioned this before I don't recall that's fine my recollections come and go, like everything in this existence. Easy, transient, impermanent. So the quantum computer that perpetuates the existence of Lacrima via the Raizu energy was in part fueled, so to speak, by Haruka's existence. Because Haruka sacrificed herself to become part of the quantum computer to help sustain Lacrima. And apparently again this reality existed due to the magic circle project. So 
it's one possible future reality based on the actions in the present when they're still children. So, you know, some spoiler things, but pretty much the events pan out that no one decides to bring Haruka's house and everyone in it to Shangri-La. And no one also tries to keep her there. And because she goes there, she of course saves you, but then you get separated from her somehow, and ends up with Katasu, and he and Katasu eventually have to find their way to Noen. Um, I don't really want to necessarily give away who Noen is, suffice it to say that no one is deeply connected to you, Katasu, and Haruka. And no one suffered in an alternate future a tremendous loss of every single person that he loved, which drove him mad. And when the chance came, he wanted to create a reality where no one would ever experience or suffer pain again. Which is why all the consciousness of Shangri-La is, for the most part, formless. So the beings there have no form. They're literally just consciousness. And because of that, he is attempting to literally upend all of existence. Which isn't cool. So... He brings in the Uroboros creatures, and they, of course, attack you. They attack Karasu. They attack near Haruka's house, but Atori goes and saves them, and it gets really complicated. But basically, no one shows you no one's future, or in this instance, no one's past. And that's where we see the tragedy. And also, Haruka is exposed to a form of torture, my opinion, by the way, where no one shows her the fate of her friends and all the suffering and turmoil that the future brings. No one considers human existence just futile. It's an exercise in suffering and pain. Life over time becomes more and more corrupt and painful. The connections you have with others are severed and the suffering is immense and all you have to look forward to is your demise so no one's ultra mega negative and no one's past reflects why but it doesn't justify the why and in the interim back in the quote unquote present 
Shinohara is proceeding with the Magic Circle project and realities are being usurped. And at one point, he even kills the officer. Yes, that's a spoiler. Old show, let it go. But quantumly speaking, the officer ends up living because Toby arrives at that point. There, where the project is going on with the officer and the scientist lady. The scientist lady views him as alive and not dead, and that's why quantumly he doesn't die. Because it's like the Schrodinger's cat situation where you know you have a cat that's alive in one dimension and a cat that's dead in another dimension. It's neither alive nor dead, it's both and neither simultaneously. Not sure how all of that works, but it's integrated into the you situation and also the situation with the officer. Where he appears to be dead, but he's not dead because he's not perceived as being dead. Which ties back once again into the absolute observer, where without the observer, the reality isn't made manifest, thereby not being real. Anyway. Eventually, <laughs> the whole deal comes to a conflict with Nolan, and again, Nolan's identity is, uh, it gives the film a, or not a film, I, I, I somehow, for some reason I think of it as just a really long form film, um, obviously there's too much content to jam into a film, that's why they made it a 24 episode anime series, but it would make a great trilogy the film no but anyway so there's a lot of layers and things that do occur over the course of the last I don't know how many episodes seven episodes I guess that's where I left off because you know they end up in Shangri-La and of course going back just a little bit Queen gets his ass kicked by Katatsu and at some point he leaves a power battery with Eye of the Future. And that's how Toby <coughs> also is able to assist. But really, ultimately the conflict resolution comes to a head because Haruka decides that she can observe the reality she chooses to observe and that the future isn't set and just because there's a possible future where that possibly occurs doesn't mean that her future in the present moment is going to be a manifestation of that in the same way it's her experience and what's to come isn't written in stone that there are endless possibilities and how you perceive life and how you choose to live it in a fearless manner is what makes it relevant and important. So, the fates of some characters are left hanging because ultimately this being interdimensional, time-space warping, mindfuck of a show, the only thing we're really left with knowing Haha, <laughs> pun, lol, whatever, is we're left knowing that the group 
going forward into the future is more sound and has grown immensely with human beings. And the future isn't set in stone regardless of all the overlapping dimensional divergences that could or couldn't occur or that do occur we're not aware of. So I think that's pretty fucking cool. I seriously recommend the show. It's definitely a show that you watch more than once. I don't think it's a single view type deal. I mean, I was actually pretty overwhelmed by the last seven episodes, which is why I'm not going insanely in depth, because I think I covered a majority of material with some depth. But it's a really intense concept because to interact with future selves from divergent realities and to try to stabilize this particular reality is a pretty intense concept especially because ultimately the stability of the reality is always in doubt and in question because everything is constantly in a state of change there's no there's no true stability stability is a observation quite literally time and space are always changing and are without stability our existence is established by observation literally um, it's crazy to the point where the future can literally influence the past and cause potential causation issues because ultimately there is no linear functionality to what we perceive as time and as reality. It's one of the concepts I brought up which <clears throat> I doubt it's original but uh, I had never heard anyone say it and I've read a lot of different books and seen a lot of different films and had a lot of different discussions and maybe it eluded me but again going back to that concept where time exists past present future simultaneously at one moment it's the initial moment where never and however and whenever that moment was where boom existence Everything that proceeds from that moment was implicit implicit within that moment. And because it was implicit within that moment, all of perceiving activities that emanate from that single moment generate a notion of time that consciousness creates to give it give itself a sense of what we call reality. But ultimately all the moments past, present, and future exist simultaneously at one time. So, the lack of stability in terms of a overlapping dimensional time travel story would be immense because it's, it would be an intense experience where individuals will be experiencing reality consciously on a quantum level. Now, 
the key word is consciously because if you think about it and yes I would I would beg you to think about this think about the fact that you don't see your own face let's just go with that one that's one of my favorite ones I think that's really strange because the entire world can look at you but you can't really look at you the entire world can listen to you but you can't truly listen to yourself not in the way that the rest of the world listens to you or hears you and you'll never perceive yourself in the way that someone else perceives you ever which means who are you? what are you? are the observations of others literally bringing you in and out of being? are we like quarks or neutrinos? the potential for this is, is vast but the point is you never see your own face and you never even fucking stop to think about it, do you? Not once do you think, hey, it's really fucking weird that I have the same perspective as a character from Doom or Halo. But it is weird. And the other thing would be your heartbeat and your blood flow and all that stuff. Now think about that. Your breathing and your heart beating? How does it happen? doesn't happen consciously and the point that it doesn't occur consciously is a vital point because just as those things don't happen consciously your awareness of yourself relative to yourself in different time periods interacting simultaneously so that the present moment which is also a past moment and a future moment for different aspects of yourself in different divergent realities in the midst of an interaction to sustain a relative stability to the present moment so that all of existence doesn't simply vanish I think that's some pretty heavy duty shit and I think at the end of the day it's still just a love story but it's not just a love story about a young boy and a young girl and how they deal with the sufferings of their realities it's also a love story about how you perceive yourself and others and how you're not aware of the feelings that others have and share and of course in all love stories there's a, a certain level of forgiveness and I only say forgiveness because I can't really use another word for it but characters tend to not hold on to grudges that may otherwise stultified and danger everyone and I'm not saying this is a conscious thing but it is a thread that I do notice in a lot of anime and I suppose that's because my philosophical bent is cut from a western claw nonetheless it's amazing that individuals who are literally not only at war with varying aspects of the universe but at war literally with different aspects of themselves across different time periods can somehow work together and come to conclusions that enable everyone to exist as 
relatively peaceably in the midst of seemingly endless conflict. Because again, the order of the universe is for the most part probably far beyond uh, our conscious capacity to understand. Because again, the issue is consciously. To consciously interact and experience yourself from divergent dimensions and to consciously have to deal with and resolve issues far beyond your understanding and comprehension. This is what makes this story special. This is what makes knowing worth doing and this is what makes great storytelling, great art. It makes you question the nature of the reality you're observing and why you can't see your own face. And on that note, thank each and every person, wherever you are in the world, or if you're only in the United States, for listening to this in your own subtle way acknowledging my existence and bringing me to you by observing via listening. Be safe. Don't take life too, too seriously. Enjoy the illusion. And next time, Stein's Gate. Now, I'm feeling really froggy. Although, I think this is a terrible and dangerous idea. I might dabble in another show. I don't want to say names, but maybe something off of Netflix that isn't Stranger Things. Possibly Black Mirror, but I mean Black Mirror. Super heavy loaded show, but fucking pretty incredible television. That's the strangest part of the current age is that I think the television's gotten a lot better on a lot of levels. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being. Enjoy your life. Ciao.